Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise offering this morning, amen. God is good. Whew, I'm going to get right into it. You guys can be seated. I want to read this uh, parable to you this morning out of Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is telling a parable about farmers. We got any farmers? Any farmers? We have any green thumbs? I've had a purple thumb trying to nail. Anyway, that's another story. Uh, so Jesus is telling this, this uh, parable. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. In other words, sow means to plant. He went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds still fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. And anytime Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear, means some of y'all are going to understand this, and some of you ain't. And if you're in the right spirit, you'll get it. If you're not, it's going to go whoop right over your head. So I encourage you, have ears this morning. Amen. And we have ears through the Holy Spirit. Now, the disciples, they didn't really understand it, so they asked him what it meant and had to explain it. So we're going down a little further, Matthew 13, verse 18, and Jesus is explaining what it means. He says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, everybody say kingdom. The, the kingdom is, is, is more than just God. But it, it is God in the context of who he is, what he does, why he does it, how he does it. It, it, is, it is how his, his kingdom works. And, and when you think about a kingdom, it is a society and there are laws, there are principles, there are certain things you got to do. If you were to leave here and say, you know, I like how they do things in the UK, so I'm going to drive on the left side of the road. Trust me, it's not going to go good for very long. Because we have laws, we have certain ways that we do things, and if you follow those principles, then your life is blessed. If you stay on the right side of the road, you're going to get where you need to go without any trouble. Amen? And so when he talks about the message of the kingdom, he's saying, uh, when you hear the, the seed of the word of God, it is explaining to you that if you will live by the principles of God, then you will enjoy the benefits and the blessings of God. Amen? And, and so he, he says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. You ever know anybody like that? They get real excited about God for about two weeks and then they go right back to everything. Uh, maybe, maybe you have been there. I have been there myself many times where early in my life I'd get excited, go to church, like, my life's going to change. And then Monday morning came, same old, same old, same old. <clears throat> Verse 22, the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is a man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. This morning I want to talk to you about fertile soil and preparing yourself for what God wants to do in your life. 
Amen? The Bible says that God has a plan for your life. Just because he has a plan doesn't mean you're going to find it. You've got to learn how to live by the principles. You've got to have fertile soil. It, it is interesting when Jesus is telling this, this uh, parable, I want to give you the context What's happening? He has been teaching. He's been healing. There's been amazing things happening. He has been doing uh, just one great miracle after another in these unbelievable teachings. And, and the people are loving him. And they're following him. They're, they, they, they can't, when they find out he's going to be somewhere, they stop what they're doing and they rush over there to find him just so they can sit and listen, just so maybe they can get close enough to touch him that they might be healed. They bring their sick, they bring the lame, they bring the blind, they bring everybody. And, and the people are absolutely in love with this man. They believe he is the Messiah. They believe he is the son of David, the son of God, the, the coming king. And, and they are excited about him. At the same time, you have the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the religious leaders. Now, when Jesus came, he called them out as the religious hypocrites that they were. So they didn't like it. They were losing their power. They were losing their influence. So they were following Jesus around trying to figure out how to stop this movement. We got to figure out how to kill this man. We got to figure out how to destroy him. We got to trap him so that everybody thinks he's an idiot. And so they were constantly going around asking him questions, trying to trip him up. But you can't trip up God. Amen. And so that's what's going on. Isn't it something how something can be a huge blessing to some and a huge irritation, a thorn in the flesh to others? Jesus is the same, but you got some that have ears and some that don't. You got some that say, I love this man, and some say, we got to get rid of this man. He's not any different with them than he is with them. He's the same. My Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same as he's always been. And yet even today, we can look out in society and say some people love him with passion and other people hate him. There's some people who love you because they have a kindred spirit. His spirit is in you, and, and there is a bond between us through the Holy Spirit. At the same time, there are those who will attack you and persecute you and don't want to have anything to do with you because they know the spirit in you. He's the same. Amen? But we're all different. And it's amazing how this, this one man is able to, to be such a blessing and such a curse to, to the others. He, he says, <clears throat> he talks about the seed. Everybody say seed. <clears throat> now, the seed is the word of God. It's the message of the kingdom. He, Jesus, is the kingdom embodied. And, and here, here's, here's basically what he was saying. I'm God. I'm the seed, same seed over here, same seed over here, same seed over here, same seed over here. These people over here, they are experiencing, when I sold the message of the kingdom into them, they experience a harvest that is 30 times what it should be, 60 times what it should be, 100 times what it should be. You got these people over here, they get nothing, but the seed's the same. And, and, and so what he's talking about, he's saying, the, these people that are following me sincerely with their heart, I'm going to produce a harvest in them that is so much more than what it ever should have been. They're going to be blessed more than what they deserve, more than what they ever thought, more than what anybody ever thought. And you over here on this side that, that don't receive it, you're not going to get anything. But it's the same seed. See, what he was trying to say to them and what he's trying to say to us, he's the same. He is the same seed. The issue is not the seed. The issue is the soil. It's me. It's you. 
God doesn't love somebody more than he loves others. The Bible says he has no respect of person. He shows no favoritism. So when you look at somebody and say, well, look at what God's done in their life, and you may think, well, God really loves them. He doesn't love them anymore than he loves Jeffrey Dahmer or Adolf Hitler or anybody else. He loves us all the same. The issue is the soil. It's me. My question to you today is, what do you want your life to look like? Because he's sitting here saying, I, I am the same God that's done all of these great miracles is the same God trying to pour seed into your soil. The issue is not the seed. The issue is the soil. Amen? Y'all with me this morning? Praise the Lord. Now here's, here's your first point. Fertile soil will produce a big crop. You drop seed on some. He's talking about the parable. You drop seed on some. They don't understand it. He said, I preach the message of the kingdom. They don't understand it. Since they don't understand it, they say, well, this doesn't work, so forget it. I'm done. Some seed, he, he said, I, I drop the message into their heart, and, and they get excited, and they're on fire. And, 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 but then problems come. Issues come. Anybody have problems? You ever been on fire for God, then your life fall apart? <laughs> and your life falls apart, and you say, well, what's the point? What's the point going to church? What's the point praying? I was going to church and praying. I was finally doing what I was supposed to do. Now all hell's broken loose. What's the point? And they lose it. Some, he says, uh, the same seed, the same seed along the path and the same seed here. And he says, some seed, I, I will drop it into their heart. But the deceitfulness of wealth. Now, what he's talking about is people get the message. And the message says, the king shall supply all of our needs. Amen? See, we don't understand kingdom living because we live in a democracy. And, and, and this is really talking about a long time ago. But if you were in a kingdom, the king has a responsibility of providing for all of his subjects. He's got to figure out a way that everybody has a job and everybody makes money and everybody has food. That is his responsibility. And, and so what he's saying here is, is I drop this seed and I tell you, I will supply all of your needs. And then you go around wondering, how am I going to eat? How am I going to get clothes? How am I going to take care of myself? And, and, and we begin to think, well, I go out every day and I work. And when I work, they give me a paycheck. And when I get the paycheck, I go get some food. And I pay the bills. And, and we fall into the trap of figuring out, how am I going to have enough money? And then sometimes we get so wrapped up, I want a lot of money. I want to have money on top of money. I want to hand over fish, just cash, cash. And we get so wrapped up in money trying to figure out uh, achieving the things of this world through money that we lose it. And it dies. It's the same seed. And he says the same seed that they lost out on and they lost out on. They, the very same seed. Some people are receiving 30, 60, 100 times the blessing. And what's the difference? It's the soil. Amen? I want, what are we talking about? I want to, I'm talking about the Word of God. Jeremiah says, the Word of the Lord is joy and delight in my heart. Anybody here need 30 times more joy? 60 times more joy? 100 times more joy? Or you like being depressed? You enjoy being sad? I don't think so. Amen? So what he's saying is, it's here. The same seed that makes this person. Have you ever been around somebody so happy you just want to slap them? <laughs> right? What are you so happy about? Everything's falling apart. God is with me. Well, praise God. 
The Bible says he wants to give you a joy unspeakable and full of glory. He wants to give you joy that you can't even explain. It doesn't make sense. Amen? That's what, that's what the Bible says. It, it also, the Psalms, it says that if I write the word on my heart, it, it, it's so that I might not sin against God. Anybody need a little more strength and power to resist temptation? You got something's always eating at you and tempting you, and you keep falling into temptation. Do it. Lord, I won't do it again. Then you do it again. Lord, I won't do it again. You do it again. And, and what he's saying is the message, the seed, will give you 30, 60, 100 times more power to say no. To say, Satan, get thee behind me. To say, Satan, your head has been crushed by the king of kings, so leave me alone. Amen? It's the same seed. Now, for this person, it means nothing. For this person, it means everything. The issue is the soil. The Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Anybody need a little more guidance, a little more direction? Or you enjoy confusion? Do you enjoy being befuddled? That's the biggest question I get. How do I know what God wants me to do? I said, how am I supposed to know? That's between you and God. All I can teach you is how to listen. But you got to listen. So somebody, somebody over here, they know exactly what their purpose is, exactly where God has taken them, exactly what God wants from them, and they are so satisfied, so content in their life. And somebody else, well, I don't know what God wants, and I'm confused. Do I do this? Do I do that? Do that? Here's the promise, the same seed that means nothing to them means everything to them. Amen? The Bible says that the Word of God comforts those in pain. Everybody has pain. Do you need a little more comfort? Everybody goes through the valley. Some of us come out and some of us stay. And what he's saying is I'll give you 30 times more strength to come through. I'll give you 60 times more strength to overcome. A hundred times more strength to not just overcome, but be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? And here's what he's saying. It's the same seed. It's not any different for anybody than anybody else. It's the, the same seed that opened the womb of Sarah, an old woman, and, and her, her, her womb was already barren, but God had made it. When God makes a promise, he keeps the promise. The same seed that opened her womb is the same seed that can open opportunities for you and make everything different and give you a life that you never thought you could have. Amen. The same seed that, that called David out from the, the fields with all the sheep and the dung to come and cut the head off of a giant and be the king of the nation. The same seed that brought him from there to here is the same seed God's trying to give you to take you from where you were to where he wants you to go. Amen. It's the same seed. Amen. The same seed that was dropped into Zerubbabel, and, and everybody said, you can't rebuild Jerusalem. It's destroyed. Nobody wanted it to happen. And Zerubbabel said, I'm going to have a tool in this hand and a sword in this hand, and I'm going to build and fight at the same time until it gets done. The same seed gives you the power to endure the attacks of the enemy and overcome and accomplish what everybody said you couldn't do. It's the same seed. Amen. It's the very same seed for, for this teenage girl, Mary, and, and, and all of her life. We talk about this when, when she was first pregnant. Everybody thought, well, she had a, a child out of wedlock because Joseph was in a different place. But do you understand, every day that she raised Jesus, everybody around said that child is a product of sin. Every day. But the same seed that gave her 
the ability to stand on the promise of an angel a long time ago that said you will be with a child and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. The same seed for you and for me. Amen? And the question is, what do you want your life to be like? What do you want your life to be like? The success of your spiritual harvest is in your hands. It's not in mine. It's not even in God's. The Bible says he has given every spiritual blessing. It's already been released. The question is, is your soil fertile enough to grow and produce something? Amen? Now, soil must be cultivated. I don't know this because I'm not a farmer, so I had to YouTube it. You've got to cultivate soil in order for it to be fertile. So spiritual fertility must be cultivated in the soul. You can't just wake up every morning and think you've got fertile soil. There's some work that goes along with it. And so I was doing a little bit of studying. And, and in, in, in this day, whenever you plant soil, in order for the plants to grow, it takes nutrients out of the ground. And if you keep planting and planting and planting, then you begin to, to take away all the nutrients of the soil. So what do we do? We put it back in through fertilizer. All right, y'all, y'all seen bags of fertilizer, you know, Home Depot? We, fer- we try to put chemicals back into the land because the growing it sucks it out so that it's empty. And so that's what they do. But, but not all fertilizer is the same. But somehow we have to replenish the soil in order for it to be fertile. I want to tell you about something. There's a man named John Evans in Alaska. He has a world record for a carrot. Guess how big the carrot was? 19 pounds. I mean, Bugs Bunny would just be dragging it. The same John Evans, a cabbage. Y'all know a head of cabbage looks like lettuce? 80 pounds. 80 pounds. That's a big salad. That's a lot of croutons, you know what I'm saying? A sweet potato. Same guy, John Evans, sweet potato, 25-pound sweet potato. I mean, you get some brown sugar and cinnamon, you're ready to go. You know what I'm talking about? There's another guy, he does the same thing, a- an onion. This is in 2005, a 17-pound onion. I'm talking about some bad breath, brother, you know what I'm saying? A watermelon, largest watermelon, 270-pound watermelon. That's a big jack-o'-lantern, you know what I'm saying? That's a lot of carving. I'll tell you one more. John, same guy, John Evans, he's got a bunch of these. A pumpkin. Guess how big the pumpkin was? Just take a guess. Huh? 100 pounds? 20 pounds? 500 pounds? 1,600 pounds. And so I looked this guy up. I said, what in the world is he doing? This guy's crazy. And, and, and so he's got, a, he's got a YouTube video where he's telling everybody how to do this, and he doesn't use any fertilizer. And he doesn't have any trouble with bugs. And, and you look at his garden. It's not that he's got one pumpkin. I mean, he's got a bunch of them just ginormous. You know what his secret is? You know what his secret is? Earthworms. Earthworms. How many y'all know what earthworms are? He 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 in the video he he 
he takes a shovel and sticks it into the ground, and about 500 earthworms just come up everywhere. And he says, anywhere in my garden, you just do that, and earthworms come out everywhere. I said, that's disgusting. That's gross. But the land is fertile. Do you remember when, when God said, I'm going to give you a land that is so fertile that it is flowing with milk and honey, and they sent spies over there, and it took two men to carry one cluster of grapes? That's not hyperbole. The land was fertile. There was something going on there. Now, let me talk to you about earthworms. You're going to love this. this is good. You were getting educated today. This is an educator. Now, the secret to John's uh, vegetables are earthworms, but he's got to feed them. You know what earthworms eat? Dead leaves and rotted roots. They eat the dead stuff. They eat animal stuff. And then they die. I want to read this to you. I got this from a a North Dakota uh, science I don't know what it was. Anyway, uh, it says earthworms create macro pores, which positively affect water infiltration and root growth. In other words, earthworms make roots grow bigger and stronger, and it causes the land to hold more water. So instead of water running off, it stays in the land longer, so the plant gets more moisture and more food. Earthworms. God made the earthworms. He made the pretty peacock. He made the amazing blue whale and the nasty earthworms. He made it all. Amen? It it says that their castings, that's a nice word for saying their waste. I didn't know earthworms wasted. Anyway, uh, their castings improve microbial growth. I don't know what that means. Nutrient content and soil structure. It actually changes the pH balance of the soil so that you grow better and bigger vegetables and fruits. Earthworms, who knew? They contain nitrate, phosphorus, magnesium, potassium, and calcium. Earthworms use a lot of water, and y'all forgive me, because every day they produce urine 60% of their weight. Y'all, this is all y'all gonna remember, isn't it? (laughs) That urine is nitrogen rich. It creates a fertilizer. Uh, Worms produce 50 pounds of nitrogen per acre. The organic material bound to earthworms is about one ton per acre, and this is released gradually as they die in the hot summer months. Earthworms. Eating the dead stuff and then replenishing all the nutrients. Grapes take two men to carry one cluster of grapes. Fertile soil. Now, I want to show you what God did in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses on Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I'm going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath. Everybody say Sabbath. A Sabbath to the Lord. For six years sow your fields, and for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a Sabbath of rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows or of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath will be food for you, for yourself, your manservant, your maidservant, your hired worker, your temporary resident who live among you, as well as your livestock and wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. A whole year, no work. 
How many want to sign up for that job? Praise the Lord. So he says, for six years, you're going to plant, you're going to harvest, and you're going to till the land, you're going to water it, you're going to weed it, you're going to do everything you can. But on the seventh year, don't do nothing. Don't do anything. Just go out there every day and pick a little bit, whatever you need. And, and in that year when nothing happens, I will make enough food for you, your manservant, maidservant, your temporary resident, foreigners, your wild animals, the, the domestic. Everybody will have plenty of food, and there's no work. Now, what's happening? All the years they planted for six years, those plants are now dead. And the earthworms are eating them. Changing everything. Making the fertile soil. The soil fertile. Amen? You with me? And so every seven years, so the seventh year they rested, the 14th year they rested, the 21st year, the 28th, the 35th, the 42nd. I know that because I played football and everything, sevens, touchdowns, you know. And, and so the 49th year, though, is the same thing. And then God says, now that we've had seven Sabbaths, here's what we're going to do. Don't do anything the 49th year, and then don't do anything the 50th year, and we're going to go two years, no work, and I'm going to provide for everything. That's some fertile soil. A Sabbath rest. Amen? Y'all with me? Now, God was teaching them about the Sabbath. And, and uh, a long time ago, remember when the manna would rain down from the, from the heavens, and God said, on the sixth day, you're going to gather enough for the seventh day. Then on the seventh day, don't go out. Some people tried to go out, and the manna was, was rotted. And, and so he was teaching them. And so he, here's the thing. God says, I will be your God. I will take care of you. I will supply all of your needs. I will, whatever you need, I will give. I'm the source of everything you need. Amen? He, he says, now to confirm this covenant so that you know I'm serious, I will give you the ability to produce wealth. That's what it says in Deuteronomy. I will give you the ability to get up in the morning, go to work, make money, pay your bills, pay for food, get everything you want, everything you deserve. I will give you, that's how you know I'm serious because you have the ability to produce wealth. Now, the problem is, is when I get up and start working, I start thinking, well, look how hard I work, and I got a promotion, and I got a new job, and look how well I'm doing, and everything is good. And I begin to fall into the trap, well, look how good I am. And I'm providing for myself. And so the Lord said, to keep you from that trap, here's what we're going to do. Every seventh year, don't work. And I will remind you that it's not how hard you work, but it's because of my grace and my goodness that I supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen? And, and, and this was God's way of keeping them from falling into this trap. And, and so it, it, it is a promise to God that if you will remember that he is your source, that he is the one, and how do you do that? The Sabbath. You rest. You worship, you celebrate. This, this, was, this was Christ saying, I, I will still feed you. I will still open doors that shouldn't open for you. I will still create passion in your marriage that shouldn't be there. I'll restore what should have been broken. I will do things that are impossible. I will undo things the devil did. I'll bring back what the enemy stole. I will restore and renew and remake everything. And you just sit back and watch the Lord fight for you. 30, 60, 100 times. I will do things that's beyond your effort, beyond your intellect. Whoo, I'm glad for that one. God has blessed me above my intellect. Beyond your connections. You get a job. How'd you get that job? I don't know how I got that job. Well, you must know somebody. I don't know anybody. I know the Lord. 
beyond your charisma. Because I don't know why he's got that job. He ain't nobody special. He's special to God. And God did it. Amen? See, every day we get up and we pursue things. We pursue love and joy and peace and money and provision. We pursue all those things. But we are pursuing things that only God can provide. And we can get so wrapped up in it, so busy, so much in the fast lane, trying to provide for ourselves. And God says, here's how I'm going to keep you from falling into this trap of thinking it's about you, the Sabbath. The Sabbath. The fertile soil in our soul comes as we participate in the Sabbath. So you can go out and try to find love all day long, but if you're trying to find love without the principles of God, it's going to fall apart. And just like if you keep planting and planting and planting and never replenish the nutrients in the soil, the soil becomes... Do you know that honeybees were dying in the U.S.? Because the soil was so full of chemicals and not being replenished naturally that the honeybees didn't have the plants to go get food from. And so now scientists are coming back, and you know what they're turning to? Earthworms. <laughs> That's all you're going to remember, earthworms. What did the preacher talk about today, worms? <laughs> you see, when I, when I take a Sabbath, and when I say, Lord, it's not about me, it's not about how much I can do, it's not about my intellect, my ability, my talent, my charisma, it's not about that. You are the source of everything I've got. When I take time to remember that and say, Lord, I'm going to rest from my work for the sole purpose of remembering that you are my source, it makes me more thankful for what I got. Amen? And so I, I become more thankful for my marriage. I become more thankful for my kids. I become more thankful for my job. I become more thankful for my problems. I become more thankful for my enemies and my friends. And it changes everything. It changes who I am. And I begin to say, Lord, and what does the Bible say? It says something like, with prayer and petition, present your requests to God with thanksgiving, and my God shall give you a peace that transcends all understanding. If you don't have thanksgiving, you don't have peace. And God says, you're not going to have thanksgiving until you remember that I am your source. But you can't remember that if you're working, 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 never taking a break. Amen? Amen? It is, and, and I don't want to get into when should the Sabbath be. Should it be Saturday or Sunday? That's not, that's not what this message is about. But when I take a Sabbath, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. When I take a Sabbath, when I have a day of rest, worship, celebration, it reminds me that he's God, I'm not. It makes me thankful for what he's given me because every good and perfect gift has come down from the Father of lights. It changes my perspective, my demeanor. I become more pleasant to be around. Amen? You see somebody grumpy, tell them, go to church, why don't you? Now, you can come to church. That doesn't mean you're participating in the Sabbath because the Sabbath is a day of rest. It's a whole day of rest. See, here's what we do. We, we have fallen into this uh, American dream where I'm going to go and work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And then when I get home, I got this big house and I got to make sure the lawn's done and this is done and that's done. And I got kids and they got to be in soccer and baseball and little league and t-ball and this and that and dancing and ballet. And, and, and by the time Sunday gets around, we're like, whoo, 
I can't wait till he starts preaching so I take a nap. <laughs> right? You, you can't worship when you're physically exhausted. And so if you don't learn how to rest, in addition to your worship, your worship will fall flat. What did Jesus tell the disciples? He said, can you not pray with me for just one hour? He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. When Elijah was, was depressed and suicidal, and, and he was just laying out in the desert waiting to die, the angel showed up and gave him something to eat. Didn't tell him to get up, didn't tell him to move, just gave him something to eat because he had to have some food in his body in order to make the journey to where God wanted him to go. You've got to take care of your body if you're ever going to have fertile soil in your soul. Amen? Oh, he's going to be a health nut now. Look at me. Do I look like a health nut? <laughs> but you got to have rest. You show up at worship. The music's good. Preaching starts. <laughs> Why? Because you're not resting your body. You're not participating in the Sabbath. Amen? If, if you want to enjoy 30, 60, 100 times the blessings of God, you've got to be physically rested so that you can spend time with the Lord. How many times you said, okay, I'm going to read and do my devotions, and you fall asleep reading? You fall asleep praying? I've had some very long prayer times that were just snoozing. <laughs> right? I have been in my office with the door shut praying, and I wake up, so... Oh, nobody opened the door because <laughs> I was out. I was tired. The Sabbath was a day of physical rest. Physical fatigue steals emotional and spiritual passion. You can't even make it in your relationships if you're tired. Because what happens when you get tired? You're irritable. Amen. You're irritable. Just eat a banana. Lord have mercy. Right? But it was also a day of corporate worship. The Sabbath was not individual worship. It was corporate worship. What I'm trying to talk to you about is, is fertile soil in your soul. So that what God wants to do in you can actually happen. And what he's teaching us is that there is a cycle and he knows better than I do why he chose seven days and not say, I don't know. That's beyond my pay grade. All I know is that he said, every seven days you need a day of rest and a day of corporate worship. Because when you come together with the body, there are things that happen in the body that encourage you that won't happen when you're by yourself. We had our, our men's prayer breakfast, and I'm hurry, I'm almost done. We had our men's prayer breakfast yesterday. And uh, I don't know, about 15, 20 men come together. We have breakfast, and, and uh, Philip is leading a devotional. And it, and it comes down to, and, and uh, Pastor, Pastor Clyde begins to share his testimony of, of uh, where he's been from. And I don't want to take it, because I'm sure we'll hear from him at some point. But, but struggle with, with drug addiction and, and all kinds of things and, and sold drugs. And, and, uh, and he said, when I gave it up, it was gone. Amen? It was gone. Praise the Lord. 
And then, and then as he was talking, I, I know my, my heart was being warmed at, at the goodness of God that he's able to do that. Amen. That he's able to do that. Right? Because if he's able to do it for my brother, now he's better looking than I am and smarter than I am, but God doesn't love him any more than he loves me. And if God can do it for him, God can do it for me. Amen? And then our brother, our brother Buddy Buell, is probably out in the foyer uh, watching things. He began to share, and he said, he quit smoking. It's been over 50 years since he's had a cigarette. 50 years. Amen? Now, but here's the thing. He says every day he still has a craving. And, and, and it was almost said, and I know some people were thinking, well, the Lord took it away from him. It didn't for him. Why, why did God do it for him and not for him? But it occurred to me that what, what God did for Pastor Kerry was, was an immediate, momentary miracle that lasted forever. Amen. What God was doing for Buddy was a continual, daily miracle for over 50 years. Amen. Amen. And I thought to myself the same thing. If, if he can resist the temptations by the power of the Holy Spirit every day for 50 years, cannot the Lord help me to resist the temptations the devil puts in front of my face every single day? Amen? You see, now if I was at home watching some preacher on TV, the Lord, the Lord is going to encourage me, but not the same as when the depth of his spirit speaks into the depth of my spirit and I am encouraged in a way that can never happen on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, watching TV. It is when we get together with other believers and one soul connects with another, God does something. Amen? If, if you want your life to be all that God planned it to be, you have to practice the Sabbath. You need to rest your body. And you need corporate worship. Why he did it every seven days, I don't know. But that's why we worship every seven days. The Bible says, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. And it says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us spur one another on toward good deeds, helping one another, all the more as the end approaches. See, I need you. You need me. I was blessed by Jennifer, just what's happened to her. Not that she would boast, but I boast in the Lord for what he did. Amen? As we sing these songs written by people I don't even know, but sung by our brothers and sisters up here. I'm blessed by that. There, there is a, a trend going on right now, and you're reading it everywhere, that people are just, they're, they're, they're not going to church anymore. I'm preaching to the choir because you're in church. But it's important for us to understand why he said, don't give up meeting together. It enriches the soil of my soul. It prepares me for the seed of the message of the kingdom. and allows God to do what only God can do in my life. Amen? Bow your heads and let's pray this morning.
Heavenly Father, make our soul fertile. And Lord, I'll be honest, though I would enjoy your blessing as a father. I want to be all I can for my kids. As a husband, I want to be all I can for my wife. And Lord, unless you do things in my soul that I cannot do, it will not be done. Help me not to have the soul of the path or the rocky ground. But let my soul be fertile. And let me remember the cultivation of that that condition in my soul happens when I take a Sabbath. When I learn how to rest my body and my spirit in a worship with my brothers and sisters. Let us take it serious, Lord. And let us change some habits and do things different. And let's just trust and let's just taste and see that the Lord is good. We praise you this morning. We give you all the glory. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said together, amen. Amen.